0: Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper. A series of interviews with financial consultants and industry experts helping financial advisors strategize, market, and grow their business using core fitness values and analogies. Do something today that your future self will thank you for with Get Advisor Fit. Here's your host, Olivia Looper.
1: Welcome to Get Advisor Fit. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't been here before, this is where we talk about ways to help financial advisors grow their business. And a lot of times we also like to talk about fitness, if you couldn't tell. So, Get Advisor Fit, today we have a very, very special show because not only do you have me as a content marketer, we've got Zoe Megert, who is the founder of Perfectly Planned Content. Now, shamelessly, I'm going to admit, that she's been here she's been around longer than i have and i really look to her um for a lot of um advice and you know her business model when i was first getting into the industry she's fantastic she's always been nothing but welcoming we are true collaborators rather than competitors or what we t- talked about last week and um we both <clears throat> Highly recommend one another, I believe.
0: (laughs) Absolutely,
1: yes. Zoe, thank you for joining us. Uh, Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. If you want to tell us a little bit about uh, perfectly planned content and about how you got started in the financial services space, that'd be awesome. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So um, I found a perfectly planned content in 2016, and I think like most entrepreneurs, I kind of fell into it, right? So I didn't necessarily set out with the intention of doing exactly what I'm doing now. It's sort of evolved over the years. Um, but I initially did it because we were moving around a lot as a family, and I just finally hit a wall with, I can't keep skipping from 9 to 5 to 9 to 5 to 9 to 5. Um, and I was a freelance writer for a long time. I graduated from Michigan State with a degree in English creative writing, focused on sort of like uh, humanitarian sciences and some sociology stuff. Um, so finance always interested me. on sort of a higher level, um, just looking at finance dynamics and families and things like that. Um, I happen to know a couple people, like in XYPN and the few only advisor space, and so I started writing for them and quickly found they were my favorite clients. Um, and I was writing it for tech a lot <laughs> previously, or like transportation, so very different. Um, and I liked sort of more like lifestyle finance vibe, um, and so started writing for more and more of those clients. The team kind of slowly grew. I am mostly self-taught right so i did a lot of like um self-education on content marketing social media email marketing lead gen that kind of stuff um and just kind of grew the team from there and now we work with like 99 financial advisors mostly in the fee-only space i always joke the other one percent are like advisor referrals so like cpas <laughs> or estate planners or people who know their advisor um, and are wonderful to work with as well so yeah that's a little bit about me and sort of the background of the business
1: yeah, I think one of the reasons that you and I really vibe is because we both come from a humanitarian background. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, that that is why that we have both been able to have success, such success mm-hmm. um, and in the content marketing mm-hmm. field because we come from um, the point of storytellers, right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Which is something that is, you know, woven throughout your brand mm-hmm. and your website uh, very well uh, in that we, we are writers first, and marketers mm-hmm. second, and I think that when we create for our advisors, there's uh, mm-hmm. there's that feeling there that there's more of a human mm-hmm. element than a sales element, and of course, you know, is, you know, part of it is sales, but it's selling in a way that is authentic and unique to the advisor, and well, means something, not just some BS. Yeah, so I think yeah, you know, exactly. you and I. Have that going for us for sure. And why we, you know, it's so funny because our stories are so similar. Um, So I know that you guys, you advisors are always kind of looking for like something to take away from this, not just want to hear me and Zoe talk shop for an hour. So, um, what we thought we'd talk about today was Zoe's idea to um, talk a little bit about our advisor bios. And then we kind of wanted to talk about some of the changes that have happened in the advisor space since we both started our businesses. Zoe in 2016, me in 2018. And um, yeah, so Zoe, we're talking about advisor bios. What do you feel like are the most common questions that you get from advisors about them? Oh my gosh.
0: Well, the number one question I get just like to start is where the heck do I begin, right? (laughs) So most advisors are not comfortable talking about themselves. They're comfortable with numbers. They love serving their clients and doing it exceptionally well. That's what sets them apart. And obviously what makes a successful like advisor practice. Um, But when it comes to marketing themselves online, few of them realize that, their website is probably not the first place people are finding them, right? So places like uh only network, XY Planning Network, NAPFA, um, FPA even, right? Anywhere that they have sort of a bio listed is likely where people are gonna land on them first. They've got bigger budgets to kind of play the Google SEO game, right? And that's good, you wanna leverage that but it means that if you've neglected your bio on those websites, your first impression to a prospective client could be subpar, which like you want to avoid, right? Um, and you want to make sure that your brand across those sites are sort of all the oars are rowing in the same direction. So does it accurately represent what you do right now, who you are, who you want to work with? All those questions are sort of
1: that I
0: post back to advisors when they
1: ask where to start. Um,
0: and sometimes that can feel a little overwhelming.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. I know that some advice, I, I had a client come to me recently. It was like, oh, you know, um, we want to redo our bios. You know, mm-hmm. we were advised by our business consultant that we should like look at our bios or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: she came to me with like six different versions. And I was like, okay, well, mm-hmm. good. But what are you using these for? Um, mm-hmm. You know, she really had no idea. She had two called professional bio, one called website bio, one called John's Glossy bio, you know, for like the printouts, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I like that you've seen that there are different ways to write your bio for different spaces, mm-hmm. but let's, you know, talk about what makes sense in what space. Mm-hmm. So, um, like you said, in the NAPFA, the the XY Planning Network, Wealth Ramp, FPA, places like this, where mm-hmm. advisors have a chance to showcase themselves, like, mm-hmm. you know on a website that has greater audience views and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you recommend as far as some non-negotiables, maybe like one or two things that advisors should make sure that they include in those bios in those spaces?
0: Mm -hmm. So the first thing I'm going to say is probably not a shock, but will be controversial for many advisors. So your niche, right? So you need to clearly define who it is you work with, even if, and we talk a lot in my firm about like psychographic niches. So even if you're not like, you know, I work with doctors or dentists, which is great if you do. But if you don't have that specific of an audience, it's okay, I think, in that initial bio to say, we work with go-getters, we work with families who have big goals to leave a legacy, like clearly define the value set your clients have so that when someone's reading it, they can either self-select out, kind of saying, Well, that's not me, or maybe I'm closer to retirement and you clearly are, you know, in that group or whatever. Um, or if they, you know, are your audience, they say, oh, that really resonates. So I say one to two sentences about that for sure. Also on those sort of sites, I think it's really important to kind of lean towards first person because usually you're not doing like a firm bio on like a third party site, right? So you want to come across as hyper approachable whether you're this primary, so like you're the CEO and top financial advisor at your firm or you're a junior advisor. Like I think either way, wherever people are finding you, you need to be representative as the expert in the room, right? So that's sort of the goal. So first person for sure, making sure that you communicate your niche. And I would say the third thing is make sure it's approachable and personable. And Ultimately, when people find you on a site like that, they're not looking for the firm, they're looking for a one-to-one relationship. So your job is to market that relationship, right? So whether that's including the fact that you collect vintage
1: cars or
0: whatever like your cool thing is, you're into fitness, right? That's important because you're gonna draw people who are interested in that same sort of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I that's it's what I tell advisors a lot mm-hmm. when I'm trying to like help them come up with things that we should say about themselves. I'm like, for example, you guys, what do you know about me? Like what stands out to you besides the fact that, and they're like, oh, you work out a lot. You're very mm-hmm. strict diet, things like this. I'm like, yes. And you remember mm-hmm. that and you, you know, associate that with me. So what is the thing mm-hmm. that you want to be remembered by? You want to mm-hmm. be associated with you. And that helps all you, you know, connect with the people like you. And like you said, the people who don't fit in your niche or don't like you will, get themselves out before they- Yes, yeah, and the
0: you pot. don't want them there, right? You can only yeah. serve so many families. You want to serve the families or the clients who like you really love to work with. And so if you feel like, oh gosh, you know, like this person doesn't like me and I feel self-conscious about that, don't. Like there's a <laughs> lid for every pot. So you want the right
1: people coming into your funnel. Absolutely. And we talked about this for a moment before we started recording, but would you recommend, uh, Is a good practice to- Put any links or um, landing page links in your bios on these third-party sites? Yeah, and I'm interested in hearing what you have to say about this too. So I usually
0: say if that's where they're going to find you first, make it ultra clear how to contact you, right? So whether that's your scheduling link or your website contact page, like don't make them hunt for it. If they click on the view advisor website button, great, but like I'd rather that in your bio, right? (laughs) So that it's ultra clear. Um, And if there's anything that you want to drive them towards. So if you have a webinar page or a free resource guide or something that you think would be helpful for them out of the gate. Obviously check the rules on posting before you do this for like a third party site. But like, if you can, it's useful to say, hey, you know, we have this resource for physicians, click over here to see if, you know, it's interesting to you, phrase it better than that. But (laughs) something of that nature, um, like I think that is important to include as well.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's something that advisors don't think of often. Um, It's just that little marketing piece that you know it doesn't Mm -hmm. come naturally for you to think about things like that unless Mm -hmm. you're in it like you know you and i were saying like it comes naturally to us we kind of know like Mm -hmm. these are the boxes that we have to check um Mm -hmm. so it's good you know uh especially with you pay the money or you spend the time to make this lead magnet set up the landing page i mean i even am a big proponent of putting putting it in the your email signature sometimes too i mean Mm -hmm. there's these different little sweet spots that you can kind Mm -hmm. of stick it just to get that extra traction and just capture those extra.
0: Absolutely. As many eyeballs as you can get on it as possible, right? So wherever people are finding you, you want to drive them into the top of your funnel as quickly as possible. Um, so, and if you view these sort of like bios as like the top of the funnel, right, it's free, it's open. People can find it wherever. Your job is to get them to give you some level of commitment. So whether that's getting on your calendar or giving you an email address bouncing over to your website, like whatever level of commitment you can get from someone where they have no commitment searching on like a search platform, right? But they've expressed interest. So like they're a warm lead, like you need them in your
1: funnel as quickly as possible. Especially for advisors who are trying to set this up for themselves to remember Mm -hmm. that the fewer steps they have to take the better Mm -hmm. because people, well, they get distracted or they get frustrated. Mm -hmm. They don't want to look for the information. Mm -hmm. So, you're really just shooting yourself in the foot if you don't make it as easy as possible, as few as clicks possible to get to mm-hmm. the CTA or whatever. 100%. So, this is more a selfish topic, I guess, that I want to talk about because it felt like, you know, all businesses mm-hmm. evolve, marketing evolves, the way that we do business has evolved. Mm-hmm. I'm, now I'm sick of saying the word evolved. But you know what I'm saying. So I've been going through a lot of changes lately myself in my business, and I think that that's really a big reflection of the way things just have changed since mm-hmm. you and I started doing this kind of thing. One of the things that you know we spoke about before was frequency—the amount of communication that I used to tell advisors was mm-hmm. acceptable. Now it's just like. Bink. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. drop in the bucket. So mm-hmm. it's it's just changed so much. Uh, and I think that it's become hard, hard, it is more difficult for older, more established advisors who are used to more in-person networking like is really how they got their, their business off the ground in the first place. I think it's hard for them. The more content is demanded in the marketplace, the harder for them it is to accept because they don't want to be annoying. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh you don't want to be feel like seem over aggressive or needy or desperate mm-hmm. or any of these things. Um but you know one email a week is not too much anymore. You know what if I mean? You- it's on standard to think. Mm-hmm. Um and of course, you know every firm has a different cadence of things like this, but um what, have you encountered any of this kind of trepidations about putting out this volume of content that's really demanded in the marketplace right now?
0: I have, and I think a lot of advisors too. What we kind of find when people come in right now, kind of been DIYing their marketing. There seems to be like an industry standard of like we send out quarterly reports. like, that's what we do is we send out quarterly market reviews or, you know, what have you. Um, And the idea of content is a little bit nerve wracking. And oddly, sometimes I find that like ads are less nerve wracking, but content is like, and I think it's because of that story element that people just aren't comfortable with. Um, And actually I attended a conference recently on marketing and it was so funny. So I was listening to like one of the keynote presenters and he had said, basically, it used to be that if you said you were in marketing, it meant you were in advertising, right? They were synonymous. And now... We're kind of seeing a return or a resurgence of the importance of content and storytelling, even in the ad space. And so, frequency of communication has certainly changed. I think type of communication has changed. So, I think having a better marriage of timely, especially throughout the pandemic. And I mean, we're seeing now, Olivia, I know I saw you post about this the other day, but like, During the Russia-Ukraine conflict, you can't stay silent. Like, that's just not an option. You've got to communicate to your clients about market changes, about pandemic changes, tax changes. They expect that level of guidance. Um, And I have actually heard some pushback from advisors who kind of say, you know, my clients come to me to manage their money. They don't come to me to hear about my opinion on stuff. And I don't think that's true, right? I think that they're trusting you as the expert in that realm of their life. And that should permeate everything, right? So I think that definitely ties into frequency of communication. Just making sure you're on top of it and are guiding current clients and letting prospects know, hey, like
1: I'm an expert in this space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's interesting that you said that because I really, I didn't have, I haven't had any of that sort of sentiment like, oh, they Mm -hmm. don't want to hear about what I have to say. Mm -hmm. Um, It's always, but I think, "Mm." I think that it's just, it's a different, like you said, it's a different kind of communication Mm -hmm. cadence, a different kind Mm -hmm. of relationship. And I think it's something I've been speaking about a lot lately and I think Mm -hmm. it's pretty, you know, a lot of people are talking about it, not just me, but, um, so we're coming out of this pandemic era where we couldn't really communicate with one another Mm -hmm. um, in person. so. Thank God we have the tools that we have to continue doing business and Zoom with people we couldn't see and things like this for health Mm -hmm. reasons. But after so many years of this being mediated from one another in a way that we weren't used to, there's Mm -hmm. this new, I think, like yearning and desire for just human connection in whatever uh, Mm -hmm. form that is. And it's obviously going to translate into the digital world because, you know, um, our worlds are intertwined, the digital world and our physical world. Mm -hmm. And um, so you and I have been harping on, you know, the importance of being real and authentic and like really putting Mm -hmm. yourself out there for a long time. But I think now it's really becoming more understood in the wider society, I guess, Mm -hmm. Um, because everybody feels it, right? So we're all feeling this pent up like Let's just give each other virtual hugs, kind of thing. <laughs> but we do it with words. <laughs> so um, I don't know, it's, it's in- interesting to me. And um, just wonder what other kind of changes you've seen over the years since we started. And absolutely expected from someone who's managing my money. So I think that advisors who are
0: hesitant to increase communication or feel like maybe that's not something they've done or they're uncomfortable with that sort of level of story content or branding or using it to do internal and external marketing. It's going to be a mistake, especially in the next few years. As you said, we're all craving this more connected, more hyper unique or specific experience from every service provider we work with. Um, And so I think that's something we've really been encouraging our current clients to focus on is how can we better capture your story? How can we encourage current clients to buy into our content? So, it kind of creates a referral machine. So that way you're not just doing it to do it, right? We don't ever just wanna produce content to produce. Um, But figuring out a way to continue building those relationships and leveling them up, I think levels up the firm and sets themselves up for future growth as well.
1: Yes, that's a good point. Levels up the firm and sets them up for future growth as well. It's not just Mm -hmm. the the present, but where it's gonna take you um, over time.
0: Yeah, because they're expecting it, right? So if I land on like an advisor site now and see there's no blog content, or you know maybe they don't have a strong social presence, or I can't find their face anywhere on the website, that's critical too. Is like if I don't see your picture anywhere but the about page, or there's not a video, I'm like, uh, like I don't really know this person, and that's true for everyone who is picking a service provider in any industry. So it's not like you know bullying advisors. <laughs> like it's true oh, for no. everybody. Um, and so it's important that even advisors get
1: on that train. Like I had kind of said,
0: and yeah, I mean, you talk about video too.
1: Yeah. So talking about video and I don't know how you, you handle it, but, um, you know, there are ways that advisors that we can make it easy for you to get this video done, right. we can write you mm-hmm. scripts. We can show you how to, mm-hmm. you know, give you tips on how to record. Mm-hmm. Basically all you have to do is show up, read, I mean, for those of you who aren't like wanting to go out and figure this out on your own, there are mm-hmm. still ways to get to make video mm-hmm. and to be a part of the, the conversation without mm-hmm. too much pain. So keep that yes. in mind. Mm-hmm. There are people who can help you.
0: <laughs> yes, well, and um, there's low hanging fruit too, right? Like, uh, video is not for everybody. Webinars is not for everybody, or are not for everybody. And so, if you just want to do like the low hanging fruit video make one for your homepage, like make yeah. one for the, the bios on these other sites introducing who you are so people can connect with your face. Studies have shown that if they see your face in a video, they're te- like way more likely to buy because like they have that relationship with you already, even if you've never met them. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's a new sort of territory that I know we've been navigating internally at our firm because like we're writers, right? We're not yeah. video people, but yeah. um, our director of content strategy started doing videos. I'm doing more webinars because it's important. And like, do I like it? No, I hate showing up on camera. <laughs> I hate having to change out of sweatpants when I work. from oh, home. Like, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Right. And so I think it's important for advisors to kind of see that change too.
1: Yeah. It's funny that you said that. Cause I was thinking about that this morning in the car when I was driving, I'm like, Oh, Zoe and I, we have our podcast. And I'm like, I always get nervous before I do my podcast. I got to put on <laughs> makeup. I got to put on clothes. And I'm mm-hmm. like, but, and I always, you know, so I'm thinking, this is how I know this is how my advisors feel when I tell them to record a video. It's like, mm-hmm. Olivia, geez, we can't we just do mm-hmm. something else. <laughs> um, but I always, once I turn the camera on, I'm glad that I did. And once mm-hmm. I have that content, I am glad that I have it. And let me tell you that, I mean, even since starting my podcast in October has been a game changer. And it takes me, mm-hmm. what? An hour a week, maybe, mm-hmm. um, to produce it. And then I've got this wealth of content, mm-hmm. hours of content that I can recycle and reuse. Absolutely. To here, audiograms there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can really stretch it out. You don't have to just say, oh, I'm putting all this work in for one show. No, N- you know, there are ways to reuse, recycle, refresh all of yes. these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not just one and done. No, a hundred
0: percent. And I agree with you. I feel like we've gone through a couple different like, you know, projects recently. We refreshed our website. We started doing more video and webinars and stuff. And I, similar was like, I bet my clients hate me. <laughs> I was like, because every time <laughs> i like, I am struggling with these processes and I tell them to do this all the time, all day, every day. And it's easier to say, harder to do, right? Um, but to your point, I think and this ironic for someone who runs a company called perfectly plain content, but done is better than perfect. So even if you feel uncomfortable on camera just show up like the more you get comfortable you'll get better and better as time goes on if you really feel uncomfortable like recording a cornerstone piece of content like for your homepage or for a bio page or something like that hire a team hire a videographer for a day and um, find someone in your local area who's within your budget it's a one-time project so you don't have to expect that cost to be recurring um, like I think there's a lot of different ways that you can make yourself feel more comfortable if, I mean, a lot of videographers these days, too, will do like a consult to tell you what to wear, right? So yeah. you can have all the questions answered if you really feel like, Ugh, I don't know what to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's absolutely correct. It take you take a half of your day, um, initial investment upfront, and then mm-hmm. you've got content that you can use for well, as long as it's relevant to who you are and what you're still doing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, with the videos, at least if you're gonna do anything, put one on your homepage. Mm-hmm. I mean, right, just that that piece that lets you show the face, lets you <laughs> hear the voice, build that connection, um, and you know, at least get that one out of the way. I wanna ask you though, Zoe, what do you have coming up? Um, where can advisors find you this year? Um, whether it's on the internet or at a conference or something like that, what do you have going on?
0: No, for sure. So um, you can always find me on my website, right? (laughs) So you can always reach out there. Um, I'm definitely most active on LinkedIn this year as far as social media goes, as you know, mom of two one and a half year olds had to kind of pick and choose where I wanted to spend my time. And that seems to be where we connect with most advisors. Um, So if you want to connect with me somewhere, that's probably best. Um, As far as conferences go, we're doing the digital snappy cracking conference we're attending, so Jolt I think it is, but we won't be in person and then we're going to the digital marketing conference in Seattle this September. Um, So that's some some in person stuff and we're still kind of working through where we wanna go as far as advisor conferences. So if you have any recs, let me know. Um, But then I'm trying to think of where else. Oh, I'm speaking at Redtail in April. So I'm doing like a virtual takeover for them. Um, So yeah, if you're
1: a Redtail user, you might see me. I am. I am a Redtail user. And you know what I'm interested in is um, learning more about their texting program. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right, that's what it's called. Um, Mm -hmm. That they just came out with uh, so that I can, you know, Keep up, gotta keep up. Yeah, Som- no, I feel like, I know.
0: And the, the environment is constantly evolving with like marketing tech too, or CRM tech. And so it's like constantly trying to figure out what the new thing is and how to like infuse story within it, right? Cause I feel like it's harder and harder. <laughs> it's also like good to try and keep up, like you
1: said. Yeah, absolutely. Push us out of our comfort zones. And I mean, I think I wrote an article recently for someone in the industry about texting, and, you know, the benefits and things like this and how well it mm-hmm. works and all of that. So now I've just got to figure out how to incorporate it in case. Yep. Everything I, that goes I to show that like, even marketers are still figuring
0: out how to. I mean, I, I just told everyone to go record a video for the homepage. I'm still recording my homepage video. So like it's
1: one step at a time. Nobody's perfect. Just keep moving forward. As, and I think as long as you feel like you keep moving forward, you can pat yourself on the back because it means you're actually doing something. If you yes. feel it's when you're not changing and not having to overcome these hurdles, and that you should be worried because that means you're probably growing complacent and you're probably just slowly every day, like, I want to, <laughs> it's like the opposite of in inflation, right? Like you're just falling behind, you know? Yep. Everybody else is growing and you're just, so you should be worried when you're not having these problems. Mm-hmm. but um, thank you so much for joining me. I always enjoy talking to you. I probably talk to you all day. Uh, I like I, talking to you too. This is always fun. I never get to talk to like other marketers. And so like, it's it's nice. Like, it's a cool I thing I know. I was like the least nervous about this podcast because I'm like, we do the same thing. We talk about the same thing. We have plenty to talk about, I'm sure. I know, it's my husband was like, but she's like a friend, right? So like, you're good. I was like, I'm like, I'm talking to Zoe tomorrow. I'm excited, <laughs> which I rarely say because I get nervous. I get nervous. But yeah, um, you know, so advisors, you aren't the only ones who get nervous. But Zoe, thank you again. Advisors, thank you for tuning in. This is Olivia Looper of Get Advisor Fit reminding you to lift heavy and best often and market your ass off.
0: Thanks for listening to Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper. To learn more about Olivia and how her firm, Lexicon Content Development can help you, visit LexiconContentDevelopment.com. If you want to reach out to Olivia on LinkedIn, you can find her at Olivia Looper Lexicon. And if you'd like to follow Olivia on Instagram, you can find her at Lexicon Content Development. Till next time.